Amen. It's a privilege, isn't it, to come into God's presence in this way. And uh, regardless of the temperature, regardless of the week that we've had or the situations we're in, it's a privilege to be able to spend that time with Jesus here today. And so let's continue in that, uh, at Jesus' feet and see what he has in store for us today. Now, uh, when I was growing up in church, um, it was the 80s. Um, and uh, now I would very remember, remember very clearly, the advent of the Songs of Fellowship. <laughs> and so we went from a piano and an organ to hymns, uh, you know, quite traditional hymns, and then these choruses started to creep in, and, uh, and guitars, and all sorts of um, exciting things. And, uh, and so whenever I hear this word, forgiven, that's our service today, is uh, simply forgiven. Whenever I hear this word, I can't but help think of this chorus from the 80s, but for all the wrong reasons. Now, those of you who are of a certain age will probably be with me on this, or it might just be my um, childhood that was perhaps <laughs> not as it should have been. Um, <laughs> so we're looking at today, Simply Forgiven, Always Forgiven. This is the song. Who put your hands up if you remember this song from the 80s? Excellent. Brilliant. I get so, I'm not going to sing it because I'm not Steve, okay? I get so excited, Lord, every time I realize I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. Jesus, Lord, you've done it all. You've paid the price. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Now, hands up if you know an alternative version of this song. Yes, Tanya. These are my people. Brilliant. <laughs> okay. There is such good truth in this song. Of course, we should be excited every time we realize we're forgiven. It's brilliant that God has done it all for us and paid the price. But unfortunately, whenever I hear the word forgiven, I hear this version that me and my brother used to sing under our breath so our parents can hear us, which is... Go, Chris. I get so excited. Lord, every time I realize I'm a gibbon, I'm a gibbon. Come on. Do you remember that one? <laughs> yeah, brilliant, some of you. And so... It sort of like, you know, diminishes the power of that song. But so that is the first of my confessions today. I've had to get past the fact that I'm a gibbon and I'm actually forgiven. I can't hear the word being forgiven without being reminded of that I'm a gibbon. Anyway, that's not really what forgiveness is all about, is it? That's not really <laughs> what it's about. But let's have a think about what does to be forgiven actually mean? So anybody got any ideas? How would you try and describe being forgiven or forgiveness to somebody else? Okay, you can quickly ask the person next to you, or you can be brave and stick out your hand or shout something out. How would you describe forgiveness or being forgiven? Any ideas? It's actually quite hard to describe it without using the word forgiveness or forgiven. <laughs> Something's been said. Okay, bit of an idea. Okay, anybody want to give a stab, give us a shout out if you can think of a way of what sort of words remind you of being forgiven or forgiveness? Any idea? Anyone feeling brave? I have got it written down here. I don't need you to do the work. Yes, your past deeds being pardoned. Brilliant words there. Fantastic. Thank you. Any others? Yes, Derek? Let something go for the greater good. Brilliant. Yep. Okay. Set free. Who was that? Sorry, I missed you. Whoever said that. Brilliant. Steve, heckling already. <laughs> Set free. Yes, brilliant. Okay, let's have a look at the um, description we've got here. So forgiveness, to stop blaming or being angry with someone for something that person has done or not punish them for something. 
Okay, so that's like an official definition of what uh, forgiveness means. But forgiveness, according to the Bible, is God's promise not to count our sins against us. Biblical forgiveness requires repentance on our part, turning away from our old life of sin and having faith in Jesus Christ. God always forgives. That's the thing I want you to remember today. God always forgives because of what Jesus did for us. And this is why. This is what Romans 3 says. This is why I put my glasses on. All people have sinned and are not good enough for God's glory. People are made right with God by his grace, which is a free gift. They are made right with God by being made free from sin through Jesus Christ. God sent him to die in our place to take away our sins. We receive forgiveness through faith. And all of this is because of the blood of Jesus' death. That's what we've just been singing about, isn't it? We have that freedom. We have that freedom and that grace that God has given us. God always forgives. None of us are good enough for God's glory. We all need forgiveness. He gives us the free gift of grace through Jesus taking on our sins. The things we do wrong. Sins are when we put ourselves first, when we make wrong choices, and dying in our place to set us free. He forgave us there and then, and he continues to do so, and we receive that forgiveness because God always forgives. Now, when we think about the word forgiveness, we can think, some of us are probably thinking, yeah, kind of, yeah I've heard this a lot basically what my faith is built on is kind of like that Jesus forgive my sins and some of us might be thinking yeah but you don't know what I've done you don't know about the stuff that I've done I'm pretty sure that God can't forgive that and some of us struggle to forgive other people as well but today we're focusing on God's forgiveness so we're going to have a look at this story um, in uh, John 8 verses 1 to 11 I'm just going to swap microphones sorry Arch. And uh, we're going to look at this story, which is the woman accused of adultery. Okay, so you can follow along with the slides. So, early in the morning, Jesus went into the temple. A large crowd gathered to hear Jesus, and he sat and taught them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman to Jesus. She had been caught in adultery. They forced the woman to stand before the people. They said to Jesus, teacher, This woman was caught having an affair with a man who is not her husband. The law of Moses commands that we kill with stones every woman who does this. What should you say we do? They were asking this to trick Jesus so that they could charge him with disobeying the law. If he did not say, she should be stoned. But Jesus knelt down and started writing on the ground with his finger. They continued to ask Jesus their question. So he stood up and said, is there anyone here who has never sinned? The person without sin can throw the first stone at this woman. Then Jesus knelt down again and wrote on the ground. Those who were accusing the woman began began to leave one by one. The older men left first and then the others. Jesus was left there alone with the woman She was standing before him. Jesus stood up and asked her, Woman, all of those people have gone. Has no one judged you guilty? She answered, No one has judged me. Then Jesus said, I also don't judge you. You may go now, but don't sin again. Okay, 
I've got two questions for you to have a quick chat about with the person next to you. Number one, what do you think Jesus was writing in the sand? Number two, how do you think the woman was feeling at different points in that story? Okay, so number one, what do you think Jesus was writing in the sand? And how do you think the woman was feeling? Go. Okay. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before, but I've always wondered what Jesus was writing in the sand at that point, because we don't, we don't know. That's, that bit's not recorded. Maybe a person writing it couldn't see. But any ideas of what do you think? Any ideas of what you think Jesus was writing? Yep. You think he was writing down their sins? Say that again. Oh, you think he was writing down their names? Oh, yes. Any other ideas? Where is the man? Yeah. I'd be writing that. <laughs> well done, Ola, for voicing that for everybody here who's thinking that. <laughs> yes. Quite. Takes two to tango. Yes, girls. <laughs> Oh, he might be writing forgive, forgive, forgive. Yes, that'd be good. Brilliant. Okay, what about the woman? How do you think she's going to go through quite an array of emotions here, isn't she? What are some of the emotions that you think she would be feeling at this point, at different points? Yep. Humiliated? Is that what you... Hopeless. Yep. Yes? Scared? Yep. Daniel? Worried? Yep. Anybody else? Ashamed? Yep. It would have been a lot of shame. Angry, yes. Angry that she'd been dragged up there. Confused? Yeah. Sorry? Say that again, sorry. Oh, embarrassed. Sorry, yes. Relieved, yeah. Yes, definitely when Jesus stood back up again. Okay. I think sometimes it's helpful to stop in those quite familiar Bible stories and just think through, actually, what else was going on there? What were the people thinking? What were the people seeing? We're going to watch a retelling of that story now from the woman's point of view and see how she actually felt to be forgiven. Have you ever made a mistake? I'm not talking about a small mistake, but a big one. One so terrible that you can't even look someone in the face and tell them what you did? 
I could see the rocks in their hands, their fists raised high in the air. I had sinned, and I got caught, and the punishment for the sin that I committed? Death. The religious leaders, or the Pharisees, brought me before the crowd. These men know everything about God's law, or at least they think they do. I was terrified. I couldn't even look up. I just knew any second the first rock would be thrown and that would be it. Then I heard the Pharisees ask Jesus if I deserved to die. I had heard about Jesus, heard that he healed the sick and made blind men see. But Jesus said nothing. I just saw him bend down and write something in the sand. But the Pharisees still kept demanding an answer. My heart was pounding in my chest. I thought, this is it. He's going to end up agreeing with them, and I am going to die. But Jesus just kept writing in the sand. But then he spoke. He said, let any of you who have never sinned throw the first stone. Did I hear that correctly? Did Jesus just defend me? Me, of all people. I thought I heard the crowd walking away, but I was too afraid to look up. Then he spoke to me. Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord. Neither do I, he said. Go and sin no more. Jesus stepped up and defended me, me. And when I looked into his eyes, all I could see was love. Instead of feeling ashamed, I felt loved, I felt free. And the only one who could have ever done that is Jesus. And he can do the same for you. Oh, how he loves you. No matter what you've done, Jesus' love can cover all your sin and shame. I know because his love did it for me. You know, the religious leaders of the day cared more about other people's sin and what the law said than they did the actual woman. They were more concerned about trying to trick Jesus than what had happened to the woman. They were too busy pointing fingers at her, but Jesus helped them see that when we point a finger, there's three pointing back at us. How quick are we sometimes to judge others rather than see them as God does with compassion? How quick are we sometimes to judge ourselves rather than see what God sees in us? Jesus cared more about the woman than what she had actually done. Let's remind ourselves what he says. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. God always forgives. He doesn't condemn us. He loves us. And in Romans 8, it reminds us that when we are in Christ, we are not judged guilty. So that now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. When we are part of his family, there is no condemnation. Now, I said to you earlier that I had a confession about the song, but here's my second confession of the morning. About the same time that I was giggling in church about being a gibbon, I, um, 
I was an avid reader. I would read wherever I got the chance. There was no internet back in those days. So we had to get our kicks where we could. So I, was, I read a lot. And I was always borrowing books from the library and reading as many as I could and uh, always reading when I should have been doing something else. And especially at night time, I would be reading. And, uh, and of uh, course, being the good parents that I have, um, you know, I, there was a time where I had to switch off the spotlight by my bed. And, uh, but of course, that always coincided with the best bit of the book, doesn't it? Always. Doesn't that always happen? And, uh, and so I would try to carry on reading, but I'd always get busted. I'd like bring torches in. I'd like sneak something in. Not matches. I did that once. That was not a good move. Um, <laughs> but I would try in the summer, I'd like kind of like, you know, try and peek open the curtain a little bit more so I could read a little bit more. Um, and and I, it, I'd always get busted. I'd always get, you know, like going, come on, it's time to turn your light off. You need to put the book down. It'll still be there tomorrow. Uh, just bringing it all back. Um, but one night, okay, I decided the book was so good that I wanted to carry on reading. So I thought I will put my pillow over my spotlight bulb so it was just enough light so that I could read by, but not enough to be discovered the other side of the door. And uh, which in my mind, when I was younger, was a foolproof plan until I began to smell burning. <laughs> and realized that my pillow was on fire. <laughs> and I had rather badly scorched everything in my bed. And, uh, and of course, the next, there was no getting away from that. You know, the next morning, I had to fess up to what I'd done and apologize and try and explain that to my mum. And in fact, I still have the very pillowcase here because I remembered that we still had it. There it is. Can you see it's all patched up there? That is the offending pillowcase <laughs> that I set fire to trying to read a book. <laughs> And uh, she very graciously patched that up, and, uh, and I probably did get a clip around the ear, I don't remember that bit, but there's many of them, and, uh, <laughs> for nearly burning the house down. But the truth is, we all mess up, don't we? Everyone messes up, and there's nothing we can do to cover it up or hide it, like my burnt pillow. There was no way that I could kind of like pretend that hadn't happened. Um, but our God is kind and merciful and always forgives. And in 1 John 1 verse 9, it says, if we confess God... Fest God our sins, he will forgive our sins. It doesn't mean that we keep on sinning, like we have some kind of free pass to heaven, like some kind of get out of jail card. It doesn't mean that we kind of just can do what we like, but it means that when we do mess up, God always forgives. You know, I didn't keep setting fire to my pillowcase. I learned my lesson. <laughs> I learned to not disobey that rule that my parents had because it was there for my own benefit. And I moved on. So God always forgives no matter how big or small or what other people think. You know, sometimes we might think there are some things that people do wrong that are too big to forgive. Like there's some kind of sliding scale of sin that's not too bad. It's really bad stuff. But God doesn't see it like that. All sin hurts God. But all sin is being able to be forgiven. I do wonder if when we get up to heaven, there might be some people up there we're surprised to see. <laughs> because... That is the grace of God, isn't it? It's not, it's not a fair system. It's not, it's, you know, it's not fair, perhaps, that the person who hurt us gets a second chance. Because it's not based on being fair. It's based on the love of God who loves us without those conditions. When Jesus met that woman in the story, he could have seen her like everyone else did there and focused on her sin and what she'd done wrong. But he chose not to not make her sin the focus of what he sees in her. You know, we live in a very judgmental world, don't we? So it's hard to see this aspect of God forgiveness. Hard to see that when we are surrounded by, we are judged by what we say, what we do, what we wear, what we think, and we're terrified of getting it wrong. 
or being ridiculed or being called out on social media for expressing the wrong opinion about something and being cancelled. God doesn't look at us that way. He doesn't judge us like the world does. He's not waiting for us to get something wrong and jump on us because we are his beloved child, created in his image for his glory. We can trust that he will always forgive us because he loves us. So today we're just focusing on God's forgiveness, but of course the Bible has lots more to say about forgiving others and so on. But for now, let's just remind ourselves of what, where we started. Simply forgiven. It's the past tense. He's already done it. When Jesus gave up his life for ours on the cross, it was dealt with. That's how we know that God always forgives, because he already has. We are all simply forgiven.